It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back here recording on a Tuesday night. I think we're actually recording simultaneous podcasts right now, or at least we're close to as the jumbo set was getting recorded. And we are also recording here on Tuesday night to be released over the next couple of days. It's Taylor. It's Banks. It's RDT. Fellas, how are we doing? I'll let Brian take it. I'm let, I was just letting Eric go first just because this is his time of year. <laughs> this is spring training. It's just like Twitter's a buzz for my, uh, spring training games every day now. I'm looking up and it's 3.30 p.m. and people are talking about uh, bloop singles and like just shit that is just so inconsequential, but they're getting fired up about it, and I love to see it. So I figured that you would be the one to jump in here and really kind of get everybody going. But I, I guess I could talk about the Dominican. I had a great time down there the past few days. Um, little company – Company retreat, vacation of sorts, all inclusive, dirty bananas, daiquiris, all the above. Mm. I got my money's mm. worth. You better believe it. Yes, you better believe it. The best. Um, no spring training. I've been into it a little bit. I watched on Saturday. Um, I watched Otani hit a home run in his third at bat. I think today for the Dodgers. So that was fun. Thursday will be fun with uh, Paul Skeens on the mound versus. What I, I would assume Jackson Holiday gets to start for the Orioles. So it's like the one in three prospect in baseball. So that'll be fun. But so no, I've kind of taken taking it easy. Mr. Dunn. Mr. Libby Dunn. We're gonna steal their soul and steal their girl. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we yeah, could. We could, could happen. We could happen. Could, but no, it's the spring training's been good so far. There's the, no no major injuries outside of the the first uh the first day bombshells, and that's kind of just what you hope for. So yeah, it was almost like a news dump when they dumped all the injuries, and now, knock on wood, they've stayed pretty healthy. It's like uh, the reverse, uh, the reverse post uh, NHL, NHL hockey playoff first day out. It's kind of the reverse of that. Like, said so uh, maybe that goes to baseball. Here, here are the here are the off season uh, casualties from when these guys really ramped up their activity, uh, sitting on the couch and golfing as opposed to playing baseball. <laughs> Pretty much. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, we're going to go through a couple of things here. Um, little, We did our infield preview a couple of weeks ago. We're going to talk about the outfielders today, get into a couple Ravens news and notes, uh, and some Nick Caner medley, Maryland person of the week, and get on out of here on a Tuesday. Fellas, we talked infield, as I said, a couple weeks ago. Uh, let's talk outfielders. Now we've got a little spring training to go off of. Um, I'll just go through the outfielders on the 40-man, and then, Eric, I want you to, to kind of – lead us down the road here. Colton Cowser, Austin Hayes, Sam Hilliard, one of everyone's favorite players, Heston Kirschjad, Ryan McKenna, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, and Kyle Stowers. A lot of talent in that group. Once again, a similar situation where you have your kind of veterans sitting up at the top with these younger guys coming on in behind them, and we've seen some of these guys play at the major league level. How do you feel like this starts to shake out in terms of the guys that are on the opening day roster, Eric? It's the, the whole we, we know the three. It's 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 Mullins, it's it's Hayes, it's Santander. Two of right. those threes have also we talked about Hayes before, but Santander came out today and was talking about an extension and being like, I want to be here, blah, blah, blah. So that's two out of the three guys. I would love to give him an extension as well. Uh, maybe a Mark Trumbo like extension that they gave him a couple years ago. Those three are penciled in. I mean, you could you could sharpie those guys in. Uh barring injury, those are gonna be your your opening day outfielders. Um and then the other, it comes down to, like you said, Sam Hilliard, sure. Um, Ryan McKenna, Kerstad, and Colton Kowser. Out of those guys, Colton Kowser is, 
Colton Cowser is probably the MVP of the, the spring training for the Orioles so far. He's been awesome. He had the walk-off home run on Saturday, um, which like looked like a bloop, just kind of like a fly out to left center field, and it just kept going. That that Sarasota win took it. Um, he's I think he has three walks or he's he's two or three walks. I don't know. He his his at bats have been very good. He he looks awesome. He looks comfortable. And again, a tiny tiny sample size, but he looks like he he looks like what we thought we would get last year. Obviously, he started off. Um, not the greatest with the Orioles last year, and then got sent down, hit the big home run in the AAA championship game. But Kowser seems like the guy who's kind of taken that that fourth outfielder spot by the horns right now. Um, and he, he, he's looking for a starting spot. You know, maybe you put uh, Santander at DH and you get Kowser, Mullins, and Hayes in there. That's a very athletic, fun uh, outfield. But Kerstad, I believe, I think he has one hit maybe. I know he has a couple strikeouts. Um struggling and again only 10 at bats it's not a big sample size so no one we're not sounding any alarms but it, if right now through four games five games or whatever with the split game um Kowser's playing by far the best out of the, out of any of the outfielders and probably any of the Orioles um all out there again McKenna who knows if he if he is on this team if, if Kowser and Kerstad can you know one of them is going to find their way on the team maybe both of them um there were the rumors not the rumors but there were the reports that um, Teo was going to get some run in center field, which that could be a, an interesting little wrinkle there. And, and that kind of saves a roster spot because you can add another guy because he can kind of do a little bit of everything. So <laughs> can get Kerstad, who is 25 plus home run power and cows are both on the roster on opening day um, on the 28th. But yeah, to me, th those are the stories. Again, it's Kowser. has made the team as of right now. I, you know, you would think just because of how good he's played. Kerstad has some work to be done, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see both those guys make it. Um, Ryan McKenna, if his time is up here, thanks for everything, bud. We'll 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 never forget your time here, and uh, you know we'll go from there. He just he just seems like a kind of a guy who doesn't really have a role on this team. They have speed off the bench, um, defensive outfielder. Sure, we saw it in the second game last year when he dropped that can of corn, but. I, I think the story right now is Kowser, just how well he's playing. And again, I think that that's that's your outfield right there, uh, heading into uh, heading heading into opening day, hopefully. Banks, this feels feels like the thousandth time that we've gone kind of I've gotten into this narrative, but it's just an embarrassment of riches. Like the the fact that you have to try to find at bats for guys like Kerstad and Kowser, which mm -hmm. I mean you have to find at bats for them. Like mm -hmm. they are that good. They have that type of ceiling. You have to see what they're capable of. And it's also another reminder that it's freaking silly that each of them are still here and we got Corbin Burns. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it, it's also interesting to me that the mentality is shifting my way that I'm thinking about these players because um, two months ago, I'm thinking about, okay, like Hayes, Mullen, Santander, they're all veterans, but we need to look at the big picture of who we are as an organization and the way that we want to spend, the way we want to be lean, these veteran players through arbitration and, you know, the years that they have experience, like they're going to become expendable. We're going to have to trade them. And that's where Kerstad and Kowser gets to slide up and get those at-bats. But now the idea that we could extend any of those three guys, all of those three, like it's all on the table. So mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out where and how we do get Kowser and Kerstad the necessary at-bats to kind of keep them invigorated. I mean, the first base and DH positions are there to mix and match 
Santander and some of the pieces and, and try to rotate them around. And um, you got to deal with, with splits with, with a couple lefties in the mix there. But um, I don't know. It's a great problem to have. It's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. I, I wouldn't be shocked if any of those three veterans are traded. I, I, if I had to pick my way, I would try to figure out a way to, to drop one of them. And like, thank you for your service. Each of them, they've all been great Orioles, but um, I think leaning into that future and the higher ceiling that some of those other guys bring to the table is, is probably the direction I'd go. Yeah. It's super interesting. I think you, you brought it up, Eric, at the top Santander's comments about wanting to be extended. I, I think anytime you have guys saying that publicly, that is a great sign to should be a great sign to a fan base that what they have going on culture wise is really, really strong. And for two veterans who have guys behind them that could theoretically have them ousted to publicly not plea, but be like, we want to get, we want to stay is a nice sign that those guys, you know, would go out and say that and not say it in a frustrating way of like, uh, you know, almost my spot, you know, up for grabs here, but I'd love to stay. Banks, you said it right. It's an interesting embarrassment of riches. You've two guys in Kowser and Kershad that are not only obviously top prospects, but are like, Two former top five picks. Yeah. Like these are guys these are, that these are guys that if these we are just one guys. of these guys in a lot of years, we'd be like, I can't wait to see that guy play baseball. And we can't figure out how to get them to play baseball. How to That's get them crazy. to play baseball. Correct. Kershad is 25. So you you know, and these both these guys are like quickly rising college bats. So you want to get them at bats to see how it's gonna go. It's a fascinating roster dilemma. Um for them. And I think you're right, Banks. I think you, you know, you flip around with the DH and you rotate guys through and you try to get these guys all at bats, but there is going to be an odd man out in terms of who's consistently playing among those five guys. Um, and the great thing about the Cowser's, you know, sort of surge in spring training is he has been really the top Orioles prospect that I guess some grace and stuff that is like hit the wall. Like he hit the, came up and hit the wall at, in the mm-hmm. bigs. Like there was that three weeks where it's like, oh, he's kind of getting on base and they kind of win when he plays. But he didn't. I mean, I remember being at the Yankee series and he looked totally he looked totally outmatched at that point. And that's going to happen. Like it will. I mean, it happened. It happens to everyone for small periods. But he actually is the one that had to get sent back down. Um, So to see him kind of come back and start off fast is very, very nice. I think they're going to have to trade somebody at some point during the season. And the question is, do they love the idea of having these three veteran guys with the potential to win now and do they deal one of the two top prospects, you know, for another piece, a bullpen piece or a starting pitching piece, you would think a starting pitching piece. Um, or do they say, Hey, we're good. The future is now we want these guys that we have a lot of control of. We've got to deal with Santander arbitration for agency every year. We've got to deal with what we're going to do um, with certain guys. Uh, I'm just, I don't know what I'm trying to think of what I would do. I think I would tend to, keep these guys all this year and see if you can filter them through and try to win with the amount of depth they have. Um, but it's not a bad problem to have. If you go into the first two or three months of the season, you're like, God, we need a starting pitcher. Well, there's five guys there. You could package together to go get a starting pitcher. Any of those five guys you could deal in some way. Um, I like, I don't think Cedric Mullins is getting traded, but so I would say maybe four, um, but like it really is, it's crazy. I mean, like Austin Hayes is standing. This guy was on the All Star team, and he's got yeah, two started. former top five picks being like, "Hey, we'd like to play too." Like that is a very interesting situation. And Santander is 
you know, shows month long stretches where he plays at an all star level. And obviously, we've seen what said he can do. So, um, sort of in the similar, less similar vein as the infield, where you're seeing the, the younger guys are kind of taking over. The Orioles have done an amazing job of kind of building a veteran outfield, you know, over the course of some desperate years. Um, that is it's kind of holding back these guys that, as you said, Banks, if you had one of those guys every year, it'd be like, oh my God, we have this with Heston Kershad, you know, as you said, 25 to 30 home run power, corner outfielder, first round pick, like he's got to play. And, you know, we're talking like, God, a couple strikeouts early in spring training. Like, is he going to find the playing time? <laughs> Normally that guy would just be penned into a starting lineup on a previous Orioles team. So mm-hmm. um, I'm fascinated to see what they do. Another thing that that we didn't really talk about, and this kind of leaks back into the infield, Banks, you talked about the the, the you know the DH first base spot. Ryan O'Hearn, lefty bat. Um, Kerstad has played some first. They had him there, I know, in um in Norfolk. If he gets out to a hot start, you know O'Hearn, I think you can kind of look to package O'Hearn, maybe Ramon, someone like that, and kind of free up that that spot where again now now you have a spot for Kerstad. In DH, or he can spell Mountcastle, you know, in, in a pinch, or, or you know, if, if it's a righty, and you can, if, if they like his defense at first enough, you can get him in there. But yeah, they have to get creative with ways to get these guys at bats. And it's, we've said it a billion times, but it's a great problem to have with, with this. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and Hyde is not complaining at all, you know, and, yeah. and, and I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't know what they're going to do because, again, I mean, they're, these guys would be teams number one prospects and with the Orioles it's like yeah he you know Kerstad may have to go down to triple a or you know if Kowser can keep this up we we don't know but I I don't know it, it's it's a great problem to have and I I think they do find a way to get both of those guys on onto the team and 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 do something but I I think I don't know it's it's it's, it's what, what's crazy problem, too but. is is la- you know last year in I don't know what month it was. It was like, oh my God, Colt, like Colton Kowser's heat was so high. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I mean, this guy is just ripping through all the levels of the minor leagues. We've got to get him up here. This is the guy that's going to be the starting outfielder in the playoffs. He's going to take it over. And he, like, you know, they just have so many guys that his heat dissipated in a way that it's like he's now the up, back up and coming forgotten man. He's a little mm-hmm. bit of the forgotten man in this entire group of top prospects who's like, oh, wait, I'm over here. Remember when. This is who everybody want. Remember every week on the show we talk about, are they going to bring up Colton Kowser? they got to start Colton Kowser. Where is Colton Kowser? And he became a forgotten man in six months. It's and, it's just it's just the nature of how the Orioles um, have, have all these guys. And an- another name that we didn't even talk about, Kyle Stowers. Kyle Stowers has been t- – I've noticed, again, Rock will tweet out – Rock and some of the banner people will be tweeting out the videos – and every at bat is lefty on lefty, and it seems like they're really, really working on him with lefty lefty. And apparently, the at bats have been very good, and they really like what they see. I think he's hitting the ball hard. He had such a bad year last year between his he had a slow start, he got hurt, and he just never came back up. He got hit in the face down in Norfolk, broke his nose, just like a brutal, brutal season. Everything that could go wrong for him could. He's another guy who, you know. They were like, they messed with his swing a little bit. He looks good. He's, he, his swing is really, really nice. I mean, I was at the game when he hit the walk-off against Liam Hendricks two years ago. Um, he's another guy who, again, he could surprise a lot of people. And yet again, it's another lefty outfield bat. So that's a guy that they could look to, again, maybe move him in a trade. Um, he may be the guy that makes a team out of out of Kerstad and Kowser. Who knows? So 
he's just another name that's thrown into it. So again, there's so many, there's so many cooks in this kitchen right now and everyone's making awesome stuff. We just don't know. It's like, Hey, we're full. I, I can't eat anymore. I, I, we don't know who to go to, but no more s'mores. wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean a couple, I mean a couple of years ago, Stowers was potentially seen as a guy that was going to be here for a while. And I do mm-hmm. agree. I think he ends up being a, like the second piece of a trade mm-hmm. at some point that just feels like his destiny at this point. But as you said, who knows the talent is certainly there. He's like a around 200 major league hitter at this point. So it's certainly not come up and shown it for a extended period of time, but you certainly never know. Um, yeah. So I think good. Good. That's a no, double you're, go so ahead. you're rolling. You're rolling. No, the only thing I was going to say was you talk about like Ryan McKenna, I, you just don't you just don't see where it fits for the guy, and there's nothing no. against him. It's just no. I, you don't see where the roster spot is. No, yeah, um, no. It's of course nobody likes to say this, but inevitably somebody will get hurt along the way. Um, so you've got to kind of protect your interest there. So with that said, I think between three veteran outfielders that are there in place, nobody's saying you have to trade any of them. But if you were I would think that Cedric Mullins is the safest of them, and it's the other two that you're looking at. So who are you trading in that scenario? Are you trading Hayes? Are you trading Santander? I'd probably say Hayes. I would go Hayes, I think. Why? He's he's proven to be the most incon- – well, hey, I mean, Mullins – well, if we're taking Mullins out there of it. periods of the year where he's the only guy hitting last year. And then there's periods of the year, though, where he looked lost and he's swinging at the first pitch and, he, you know, he's grounding into double plays in big situations. But he has a rocket arm. He plays great defense. And like you said, there are times where he's he's the heartbeat of the team. It, and, and It needs to be said that that left field is a different left field than it used to be. It's a lot of square footage. So you got to keep that in consideration as you look at some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. And and Kowser, I think, is a good fielder. Stowers, I think, is a good fielder. Um, Kerstad, obviously, I don't think they really like his – defense i don't think we'll ever see him in left field um so yeah you know i mean i don't if they if they can get Kowser some run and left and see how he navigates that that kind of wall and and the, the the massive amount of area back there they feel comfortable i think they may be able to pull the trigger for for hayes to be traded and again he's still young enough where you know he he can be the the the, the key piece into a team that needs it um i, I don't know he's just to me, he's kind of the guy. He's just very up and down. Santander, um, um, Taylor, you said it. When he's hot, I mean, he's 10 home runs in, in 10 games hot. Like, he is putting the team on his back, and he's 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 a legitimate power bat. We've seen that a couple times in the last couple of years. Um, again, his defense, he's not the worst. We saw some nice catches last year, but he's no speed demon. He's not going to win the gold glove or anything like that. But, yeah, if it's between those two guys – I think I go Hayes and Brian, you said at the injuries. I mean, if we're going to look at injuries, Mullins has been the guy that, that seems to get plagued by something at least once a year last year, obviously at the groin. And I think it kind of reared its ugly head again. And and I, I was kind of shocked that he didn't get surgery. I would have thought that after the year, it would have been like, Hey, he needs to get surgery. Cause he did not look good after he came back um, from that, from that, uh, that injury. But yeah, it's it's there's just there's a lot of guys and and three spots and it's it is a crowded crowded outfield. Yeah, and the, the most interesting part is, like you know, we're t- we're talking about Kershad and Kowser taking over for those veteran guys. Like Kershad and Kowser have literally no track record of um, putting together any production. Success, yeah, any, any success. success. And it's like, well, how are these guys not playing? And you have three 
28 or 29 year old guys that have all played stretches at an all-star level. <laughs> I mean, that is just a, it's a, for an Orioles franchise that has been starved for just sheer talent across the organization. This is a, this is a kind of a ridiculous conversation. Like mm-hmm. in any other situation, like, Oh my God, you have all these 20, two of them are, I think I have it in front of me. Hayes is 28. He's about to turn 29. The other two guys are both 29 about to turn 30, obviously like, but they're all close. They're all within like, they're all turn. I think those ages, like in the middle of the season, um, like in a normal situation, you're like, Oh, it's all, it's three prime outfielders who, you know, mm-hmm. if they put together a good first half could all be all-stars. Like it wouldn't be insane for Anthony Santander to put together a first half of the season that put him in the all-star game would not be yeah. insane. Hayes has done it. Smolens has done it. Like mm-hmm. that, that is what we're talking about here. Like in any other scenario, there should be sign seal delivered left, right, and center. Those are your three guys. And we're having a discussion about if Colton Kowser, who has one walk-off homer in spring training, got sent down after no production. <laughs> we've got to get him out pass. We've got to get him in. But that's the pedigree that those two guys bring. And in a normal situation, they would be getting those that playing time. It just it's very, very fascinating. It, um, it is. And as you said, Brandon Hyde, Brandon Hyde is not definitely not going to complain about it. He's he's got mm-hmm. all the talent in the world. If you're Mike Elias, you're like, God, how do I manage the roster continued roster building with all three, all five of these guys? It, um, it is funny because, because like you said, we're actively trying to find ways to force out a guy who was in the All-Star game last year, a guy who's had a 30-30 season within the last three years, and one of the best switch-hitting uh, power hitters in baseball. We're like, I don't know, these guys, I don't know if they'll cut it. Meanwhile, we watch fucking Brandon Fahey and Jeff yeah. Bjorn. Santander's averaging 30 um, homers over the last two years. Yeah, like he's tw- like, 33 and 28. I mean, yeah, it's 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 world. it's. They also have a. They also drafted a center fielder in the first round last year. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, who who they said <laughs> with a major league ready glove right now. Yeah, and, and top notch speed. And it's like we're gonna call him up in September as a defensive replacement and and uh, Rod Dyson, a guy off the off guy off the bench. Like, not unreasonable thing that could happen this year at all. Yeah, at all. So. I think we're in agreement though that opening day it will be the three veterans that take the field. And, and it should be. I, and again, this is part of the, the, the cool part about how good the team has been was like, especially after they clinched and, and, and got the division last year, but seeing those three in the locker room kind of celebrating with mean means was there too. But like those three, those three have been through more bad baseball than a lot of guys. Again, they've started, you know, they've been starters on this team for four or five years now. And it's a long time. And again, this was a dog water team. This is the worst team in baseball for an extended period of time. They saw the rebuild through, you know, they, they've, they've seen the, the lows, they've seen the highs, they, they, they've done it all. So it is cool that they've stuck together and, and been able to do this again, all, while all playing at very, very high levels. It's not one, it's not, it's not that gif where it's the two big dragons and then like one kind of like dimpy looking one. Like they're all three big dragons. They're yeah. with, with a couple other big dragons behind them too. McKinney would be like dimpy little dragon if, if that's what we're getting at, but. Yeah, it's 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 a neat thing for them to again kind of come this far and and you know they've lost what they, they have to be the first like trio of teammates that have lost a hundred games and won a hundred games within X amount of time or something like that. Maybe some of yeah, the Rangers bit, now. And, that, and 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 obviously those guys, you know, it because the team has just gotten good. Fans are honestly like almost getting to like if you're not a hardcore fan, you're almost getting to know the Santanders and the Hazes of the world over the last like two years as opposed to the fact that this is Santander's eighth year that he's going to be up with the big league club. Um, Jesus. Like oh, those guys are, 
those guys are now also just entrenched in terms of this being their home. So why would they not want to sign long-term now? That's the other thing. Obviously, it speaks to the organization, but also it's like, why would we? Why would I leave now? Now it's great. Um, but I think inevitably mm-hmm. one, one or maybe even two of them um, will leave, but who knows? We'll see. Maybe, maybe it's the younger guys that end up being the centerpieces of trades to bring in other pieces, and those guys get to get to see it out. Um, Santander's quote was, to um, Matt Weyrich of the Baltimore Sun. I would love that. That's something we always talk about outside of this room with my family and friends. I would love to stay here. I mean, how great is it to hear that about about the Orioles? It's just, it's just great. It's it, He's great, too. I think, who was it, DL? It may have been DL or Tyler Wells who said uh, Santander is by far the funniest guy in the clubhouse. He was like, he is the lightest, like he has the lightest attitude. He's just the best. Apparently, he's a very good basketball player, too. He seems just like an all-around awesome guy. So, yeah, like why would you not want that in your clubhouse around the young guys to teach them what it's like? And, again, he's he's a Rule 5 pick. He had the major shoulder surgery. Um, he's been awful. He's been great. He was a Gold Glove nominee. He's hit 30 home runs. He's hit walk-offs. He's done it all. Like that's yeah. that's a guy that I want my young outfielders around and, and again, a guy that, that you World want. World baseball classic heroics. We love that. Here. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was awesome in that. And, again, it's like – you can also copy and paste Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes into that conversation. And it's the exact same thing. Like you, you can yep. say that about all of them. So it's, it's a very unique and fun group they have. It's, it's very, it's just awesome to see. Um, RDT, you tweeted a, a video of meeting Mayo the other day to accentuate the start for Mr. Kobe Mayo in spring training. I mean that he is going to inflame conversation about his spot on the team. If this continues throughout spring training, he's going to be hard to deny. I mean, he is going to be hard to deny at a certain point. I forget who said it, but someone was like, are we going to have to start talking again? We're, uh, we're four games in 10 at bats. Correct. It's correct. Way too correct. soon. Correct. But I knew what this person this is was why saying. We podcast. This is why we podcast oh. baby. Yeah, you have to, but someone said, <laughs> When are we going to have to start talking about Kobe Mayo taking a spot from Jackson Holiday? And it's like, again, it's like, it's, it's the LeBron gift. It's the, you know, I can't believe this is my life. Like, <laughs> now we're finding ways to keep the the unanimous number one prospect in baseball down. Be like, ah, we can keep him down a little bit longer. Like, we don't have to. Mayo is, I mean, he's a freak. He's a freak. He hits the ball insane. Who, what, Jeff had a quote the other day on the radio. He said, if you leave one over the plate, the only question you're asking yourself is how far is this going to go? And I was like, that's just perfect. Like, that's a great quote. And, and he's gonna, he's gonna hit some tape measure shots. We haven't seen it yet in spring training, but he's hitting the ball super hard. He's walking. Um, Again, I think he's a good enough third baseman to, to kind of stick there again. You know, you got Gunner, you got Westberg, you got Ramon, you got all these guys who the hell knows. But yeah, you got to give props to Mayo. He's playing very well. He's hitting the ball very hard. That's what he's going to do. He's he's one of the best hitters in the organization. Um, probably has the most power. So, I, your guess is as good as mine. What the hell happens? I have no idea. I'm having the same trouble right now in MLB The Show finding at bat. So I feel Brandon Hyde's pain. <laughs> I know what he's going through, trying to find um, spots for these guys. So Brandon, I hear you. I it, it's tough, but. We'll find a way. We will. Should be fun. Love to have seen the spring training. Any last words yep. here on this one? I do. I, I It's nice that you tied in Mayo there because I've got the American League Rookie of the Year odds mm-hmm. up, um, which may be like closer to opening day. We want to do like a little bit of a futures and 
props and something yeah, me like and Jake that. Yeah, me and Jake and RDT did that a little bit last year, so we'll, I'm sure what will happen. Maybe we bring the final uh, off where do you, in here. Some things. We've got four names on the board here that are Orioles. Who do you think they are, and what do you think their odds are at? I My buddy sent me Mayo's the other day. I don't know where. I don't know which book it was from, but he sent me that. This is DraftKings for the record. Think of I mean, Holiday has to have the best odds. He's got to be on there. I would mm -hmm. imagine he's – I don't even know where to start with this. I'm not a betting guy. Plus 500. He is the favorite in the American League at plus 250. Wow. I was going to say, I got Gunner. I parlay. He's not Gunner. even guaranteed to start. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I had Gunner and, and Corbin Carroll parlayed last year to both win. They were both plus 250, like odds on favorite in the middle of they're February. Just, so, yeah, I was going to say plus out. 250 for. for uh, so, yeah, Mayo's got to be on there plus 1,000. He is plus 5,500. 55. Kobe Mayo. That's a lot. See, this, is why, be this is why no one's going to take anything from me. Kowser and Kerstad are in here. Uh, Kerstad is plus 2,200 and Kowser is plus 3,500. I kind of like that Kowser one a lot. But mm -hmm. obviously with those two, it's the same conversation we've had for 20, 30 minutes here. It's like where <laughs> are these guys going to get the at-bats? Like they got to put up numbers to get the – but if they hit and they get off and running, they'll they'll find the at-bats for them. So. We, I, the Orioles we have, may to, run the Orioles have to trade more position players. They have to trade more position players. Why are you going to have some of these guys sitting around? They're just going to have to at some point. Yeah, it's you do. Um, we are again. We're going to run into a situation where there may be a legit chance the Orioles have the one, two, and three finishers in the AL Rookie of the Year. What happens with those extra draft picks you get? Do you get? Do, do the Orioles get three extra draft picks if it's Jackson, Colton, and and Heston? Like one, two, three. I, I don't know. We, like that's a legit question. I think someone's gonna have to answer during the season if, if you know, they're all three playing well. But in, embarrassment of riches. I don't know. Print the shirts. Do something. But great problem to have. Very great problem to have. And we'll see how it continues to flesh out over the course of spring training. I think we kind of went through the spring training, um, spring training storylines there so far. Um, just talking about the outfielders because obviously Kowser's gotten some attention. Over the first three or four days here, uh, let's move on to some quick Ravens news and notes. Uh, obviously, our pals, Spencer and Jake, did a uh, jumbo set today. I'm sure they talked about all of the happenings at combine at the Combine with Eric DaCosta and um, John Harbaugh, both talking to the media, but just a couple of quick things I think we can touch on. Um, Justin Matabike, um, DaCosta saying that they are discussing an extension and if not i think the most interesting part of that was that they would probably use the franchise tag on him should they not come to an agreement um i think that's probably the right way to go to keep justin matabike around in a time we we're trying to win now uh but hopefully they can get him extended banks don't know if you have any other thoughts on that one no i feel great about that and uh, i mean we had a conversation with him at jimmy seafood about a month and change ago and his agent was there and, and talking with some people after that would know from conversations with them like they're very comfortable with it he wants to be around um i think the salary cap number being announced a little bit higher than what people were thinking gives a little more leeway for um the ravens to kind of throw that that bigger extension at them but i think they'll be patient with it as they tend to do the, the 
if I had to guess, it'll probably go to a franchise tag that'll give them more time to chat and they'll figure the thing out. Um, so either way, win-win, get the guy paid. I think everybody's going to be happy to have him around for a long time. Um, so, I mean, he's a stud. He's an absolute star. Uh, great guy, though, too. Um, it's really humble, put together, just says all the right things. Um, kind of a – I'm not. I'll stop short of calling him a teddy bear, but he's a menace on the field, just an absolute beast. A couple of other things from DaCosta, complimented Adafi Owe's um, work ethic. I think Jake put out a tweet today saying maybe there's a leap to be had from Owe next year that maybe he comes into his own in terms of upticking the sack production. I think that would be a very welcome sight for the Ravens. That would be a welcome sight, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, um, that is uh, pretty obvious. Uh, sure. But what's funny is <laughs> the entire storyline about his drafting was that he couldn't figure out a way to get sacks but disrupted the game in other ways, and that's yeah. ha- exactly what's happened as a pro. Yeah. So, crazy, I mean, crazy maybe, how that works. He, he, may, he may be who we thought he was. We shall see. Um, running back, in terms of running backs, we need more than two running backs, says Eric DeCosta on the plan of running back. Uh, true, Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell, the only running backs under contract next year. It does not feel like there will be a reunion with J.K. Dobbins. Maybe Gus Edwards comes in on a more reasonable number, but running back is the thing getting thrown around the rumor mill right now. RDT's guy, Derek Henry, some Saquon Barkley discussion. Um, any thoughts on that, fellas? It feels like Derek Henry is going to happen. It just does. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I can't it, be Saquon yeah. at all. I couldn't. I Saquon, it, visually, it doesn't make sense in my mind. It also just – I, I know, agree with that. I just – are you going to go get an injury-riddled running back to replace your other injury-riddled running back? I just like – I don't know if that's what the Ravens need. Like Saquon Barkley, you know, tweaking his ankle in week two, and it's like, oh, like here we go down the road again. I think you Derek Henry and Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, he would be a menace. He just can't – Pound for pound, just like at this stage in their career, give me one Sunday out of each. I, I'm probably going Saquon Barkley, to be honest. Yeah. Like, which yeah. – like, yeah, just – well, then again, it's just one Sunday. Uh, yeah, no, I think he's he's got no. I would love if he's I mean, healthy. Derek Henry just thing, I'm thinking about on it more a defensive more. line before Lamar. I know. Just, I mean, I know. That is, that's I, the better complimentary piece. I don't see like the Henry thing again. People are going to be like, "Oh, you're you just don't want him to go there." I have I don't care where Derek Henry goes from here on out. I don't think it really makes sense for the Raven again. He's 29, like. We know about the wear and tear. A lot and, of miles. All the miles. He's an old Every, 29. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, and again, he showed you, it at I time. mean, I guess if you, I guess you say, look, you're probably not getting it. Well, it depends on what Derrick Henry wants to do. I mean, if you're a player in that situation, you want to try to get as many years as possible. I would think you don't want to like start signing one year deals, mm-hmm. but maybe he wants to get on a contender and chase a ring. I mean, that's the other thing. If, and you say, okay, we have Henry, we have Hill, and we have Mitchell. Two guys are cheap. We bring in one guy for like an elevated number, like they did with Odell. And yeah, like, so one we'll year with the thing. Ravens, you get that big stat bump too, and it's like, oh, this guy could have two, three years left actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of behoove anybody to come in and run for the Ravens. So uh, and that's almost too like Gus Edwards, where he's going to hit the market, and everyone's going to know what's going to happen. Like I almost feel like the answers are right in front of everybody with him, where he's going to see a dip. They love Gus, love him to death. I'm sure he'll be productive, but he won't be as productive. So it's kind of like mutually best interest. Let's just keep it rolling here. Let's keep the bus rolling. But among, um, I don't among know. the other veterans in the free agency pool, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard. Josh Jacobs, you know, well, yeah. there's always that you know? connection rumor. 
but with with Derek, and again, you talked about the like he wants to come win a Super Bowl. It, I know, like it was the Eagles, it was the Texans, the Cowboys, and the Ravens. I think were the top four favorites, not in that order. But if you're Derek and you look at the Ravens and this this offensive line now that that is not as strong, if Zeitler doesn't come back, which it sounds like he now isn't going to, like there was that whole thing kind of last week um, where they had like a deadline to get whatever done. I forget what it is, the void years or whatever. But Ronnie, St- who knows what Ronnie Stanley is going to be? Linderbaum's obviously awesome. Morgan Moses is is fifty five years old. He's old. He's up there. If you're him and you have it, if you're Derek and you have a chance to go to the Cowboys or the Ravens, it's like where's your best? I, I don't know. I mean, I think he would weigh that and be like, you know, you look at the AFC versus the NFC. You got a much easier chance to get to the Super Bowl if you're in the NFC. Plus, on a Cowboys team with CD Lamb and Dak and and all that. I, I don't. Plus that offensive line. I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I I I, I could see him hang. I, I could see him coming here. That would be cool. It would be neat. I'm sure. I would. I would. I would put in an application to work at Jimmy's for like a day when they had him here, something like that, and then quit right away. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's that's definitely the rumor and the buzz. But I, I don't know. It's it is going to be interesting. And Jake tweeted out yesterday the like. This the analysis was like this guy fits the Ravens and this guy fits the Ravens. It was like seven of the ten guys he listed all fit the Ravens. So just build the whole plane out of the running backs. Like why don't you just just sign them all? Just bring everybody in. So that's uh, yeah. it'll be an interesting that and the offensive line that'll be interesting to watch how that develops this offseason. Yeah, you spoke to it. It was one of the things that came out of John Harbaugh's press conference was the admission that there needs to be some rebuilding on the offensive line, which I don't think is shocking to anyone. Obviously, a giant part of what the Ravens any team does is is building in the trenches the ravens have always done a pretty good job of that but they certainly have some retooling to do um it's amazing you talk about henry and his workload 280 carries last year which led the league um really 280 he's led the league in carries four of the last five years and the one and it's had had 200 plus carries last six years 200 carries is nothing i mean eddie used to get 400 like yeah 280 Apparently is the league leading total if I'm looking at pro football reference correctly. Um, 280 carries for 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, you would think they're still in the, some in the tank considering he did that for a Titans team that was very limited offensively. Yeah, I mean, we saw it the last last game of the season. You know, he again, all it would take is one one game versus Steelers where he like stiff arms TJ Watt into the ground and takes off for 60 or 70, and and he would you know. He would be a fan favorite. So I again, I could see it happening. I th- I think it makes sense, but I also part of me is also like, why would the Ravens again? He's not going to take a cheap. It's not. Gonna it's going to be. be pri- I mean, a lot of it's going to be priced. Yeah, a lot of it will end up being priced with any of those veteran free agent running backs. But it yeah. does feel like the Ravens. I don't want to say need. That's probably the wrong analysis. But with the with the with the free agent guys out there, just having some cover of a veteran guy that's not like veteran on the other side, like. Um, like they've done with some of these guys over the last couple of years, like Le'Veon Bell, or it's like clearly yeah. over. It's like there's yeah. some guys out there where it's clearly not over. Who was um? Who are some of the other guys they got? Uh, Bell. Who who do we used to always say had the juice? Um, it was um. Oh, who was it? Who had the juice? Wasn't it the guy from the Saints? Was it a guy from the Saints who came in? Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray. Yeah, I think it was Latavius. we we were like there's like two oh, carries. Latavius. Latavius just keeps on playing. Yeah. Is yeah. he on the Bills this year, right? Or, yeah. 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 The Bills this year. I don't think Pollard would be bad for the Ravens. I think he's a much, you know, he's a much better receiver than Henry. 
Again, I don't see Saquon happening. I think Pollard would be a fine. Yeah, I think they're one looking the at a fantasy, little bit. One of the biggest fantasy disappointments of 2023, Tony Pollard. Yeah, uh, but he'll, be, he'll be cheaper. But. I think they're looking at it a little through the lens of, yeah, we don't know how the recovery is going to go, but Keaton Mitchell is going to bring the speed and the, the pass catching out of the backfield, and we're going to look for a complimentary piece to that, which could be Henry. Um, yeah. Could be a Josh Jacobs. I don't know. Could draft a guy, you know. I would love that. I'm I'm down for Gus. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm yeah. just I'm, I'm down Again, for just Gus, running back with Gus. Gus is one of those guys who like the Buccaneers will give him like four years and, and eighty six million dollars or something like that. Cause like, you see how many touchdowns he had last year? And then he'll play two years there and they'll be like, Oh, this isn't he's not playing with Lamar. Like, yes, his numbers have dipped and then he'll get he'll be a cap casualty or something. But yeah, I th- I think I think I, I think it's mutually beneficial for Gus and the Ravens to like, Hey, let's just, let's do this. Like, he, he could be a waiver wire pickup for us in November, 2025, a year yeah, and a half with somebody else. And then it's, it's like one last, yeah. One last ride on the bus. Let's, let's bring yeah. him home. God, I love <laughs> the just Gus make box. the t-shirts now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Super Bowl's in his hometown, and he ends up playing there. And it's like, oh, it's 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 oh five. Uh, then he, re- he retires. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, go uh, listen to our uh, the jumbo set for some more Ravens deep dive. Um, yeah, so one last Friday one last thing for that press conference thing is that uh, Harbaugh did his annual lip service of Rashad Bateman's really going to pop off next year. I did see that. I did yeah. See that. It's he's the he's the away of the offensive side of the ball. He's always open. Just gotta get him the ball. Gotta yeah. get him the ball. Just gotta get it to him. Uh Nick Cantor Medley, Maryland person of the week. Uh Banks, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> Am I going with the Dominican or are we going with the Petties? Are we you want to you want to you want to co-sign the Petties first, and then you can uh, talk about co-sign the Dominican. It. No, I've already said the piece on the Dominican. I don't need to tell everybody about how beautiful and sunny it is. And great flag, by the way. I don't know. If good flag. Talk about very good that. flag. The Dominican Republic flag. has a very good flag. Um, I had to talk about the airport in Punta Cana. Not good. It's decidedly bad. Um, I figure you know. Okay, it's not Mexico, but. I thought it would slap, and it did not. And it didn't have Baja Blast. That is the biggest crime of all. Mm. Mm. But anyways, I'll give you the floor, Taylor. Well, I mean, this has been this is an extension of a debate that has been raging in our Exit 52 group chat uh, over the past week or oh, so. Uh, last week, uh, our your everyone's good pal here, Mr. Banks, uh, sent a photo of him um, at the beginning of a pedicure. Um, to which me and Spencer agreed with the fact that pedicures are wonderful things that um, just promote body health and are just mm. feel nice and make you feel you know a little pampered, a little taken care of. Um, good for your good for your 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 feet in a variety of ways. And you know, in classic RDT fashion, he is just not cultured enough to see. Um, the wrongness of his ways and has to take this, you know, bullheaded old school, you know, macho thing about, about, you know, how, you know, our grandfathers went to war and we get pedicures. I mean, it's just taking it to like a little bit too far of a place. Um, and Jake, Jake ridiculously jumped on your side, which I thought was just a joke. And we'll, we'll have, we might have to talk about this as a five. So whenever we have another five man pod, but <laughs> Eddie, I would just, Eddie I, I, 
I then followed up um, and had a lovely pedicure um, last night, which was a, a nice birthday gift from the girlfriend. Thank you so much to her uh, for that. Um, because I got the signature pedicure down there in College Park at uh, the Bella, whatever nails, whatever the place was called. I mean, hot stones onto the legs. I mean, it was the works, the works. And you're just floating after. I texted, I'm floating, got immediate hearts from Banks and Spenny. They know what they know what they're talking about. And it's just, it's just great. It's great. So I I don't, you know, yes, the first time you walk in there as a guy, you're gonna feel a little weird, maybe you're gonna feel a little out of place. But then once you sit down, you're in the massage chairs or the reclining chairs, whatever they have, mm. it is a tremendous experience. And I think it's someone, I think it's something that should be done for your guy. I think you should go quarterly. A quarterly pedicure is just a nice, just, you know, hey, I've been out there on the golf course all summer. Let me just get my feet back in order. Hey, it's wintertime and I'm just looking to, you know, feel a little better about everything. Let me get in there, you know, pre-summer, get in there. It's just, it's just nice. Just nice. You saying that you went to the college park one, just I just picture like you walking in and like a group of like 18-year-old sorority girls like sitting in chairs getting their feet done and you're like – Let's do it. I'm like, uh, yeah, hey, ladies, like this is what we this is what we do. This is what we do. How about that Cal so, 101 class, huh? Yeah, yeah. How was Cal 107? How was your speech? Like, you know, yeah. it's fine. So I don't know how to. I don't know, Banks, if you want to expand it all and your thoughts, but I think we're pretty in lockstep here, and we've been pulling no, we, other people now as well. Very much in lockstep. I will say, I did did uh, do a the Manny as well. Uh, not a fan. I did a Manny. I did a Manny yesterday as yeah. well. Oh. Yeah, appreciate you try. You know, do your thing. But yeah, Manny's not for me. The it's the yeah. the filing of the fingernails. Oh, it sends a shiver up of my spine. It's not for me. Sure. But like, more power to you. If that's your thing. I keep beautiful hands as it is, anyways. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I do well with that. So, um, but the feet. I mean. It's it's special, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it I is. just again, I'm not. I'm I'm against all things feet. I I if it's not like pedicures or anything. It's it's not <laughs> just pedicures. It's everything. Grow up. Just grow no, up. No, no. I think I think feet are gross. They're disgusting. They're they're terrible. Cut yours off then. This one is essential. Get rid of yours then. I legitimately may shoes to the beach. Never handled. <laughs> no 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 you flip. Sh- you no, I, shoes on the beach. A hundred percent. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Juby. Oh absolutely. I'm not wearing sandals. Sandals are, I don't, that, that's another, that's another conversation for another day. Oh but, my gosh. But again, I, no. Great. Men used to go to war. Just saying. So just saying you're not wearing, you're never wearing flip-flop sandals, slip on. You're not wearing any no. of any kind. You always no. have shoes and socks on. Always have oh socks. God. Yes. You're, you're living in the shower or sleeping. I have socks. Like let let yourself go, let it go, let let it let it all hang out a little bit. The feet, oh let, them, let them breathe. Your feet need to breathe. They need the air. They need to feel it. No, no, they're, they're fine. They're feet. They're shoes, shoes, shoes. Yeah. For reason. Our men also, mm. also used to get gangrene. Yeah, that's yeah. how I go. That's how I go. You know, great. You gotta take care of your feet, boys. You have to. I do. And that's I, I take, take care, care of my feet. I don't take care of your feet. Twenty twenty four. Tear Terry Feet 2024. And look, if you're getting like the lowest one, you can it's like 25, 30 bucks. It's nothing, it's like nothing crazy. Just go yeah. in there, get it done. You can get out in half hour or so. Yeah, it's nice. You just, 
fuck around your phone. You're just going to be doing that anyways on the couch. Anyways, exactly. I, I yeah. hate people touching my feet. I hate other people's feet being out. I It's it's not. And I, I don't, like, don't want to get delved. Like if, if you've got things like calluses or anything like that, like they work that stuff out. The yeah. Own situation. Like they, yeah. it gets done for you. It just like, it gets work. They, they give you the tools you need and they execute it perfectly if you go to a good place. So you will, you will never see my feet. That is my promise to you. You will never. <laughs> ever see my what a declaration on this episode of the X Two <laughs> podcast. Mm. You will never see it. So that's a cosign. Yeah. That's a cosign. Nick Cannon Madley person of the week. The idea of the pedicure. Go and do it. Also good. To, you know, it's a good couples thing as well. Like you both yeah. go. You sit I there with the lady. Yeah, it? it was a pre-Dominican trip. It was partially a Valentine's Day gift. Like, hey, I'm going to buy this for us. We're going to go together. It's going to be a bonding yep. experience. That's what we did as well. And get the yep. feet right. We're going to get them right for the vacation. I understand getting them. It's just, it's not for me. I, I fully, I get it. I'm just not for me. Not a cup of tea. Uh, I, I will say this is a little bit of a departure from the line you were taking in the this group. This is a backpedal. This is a bit of a backpedal. It's a bit. No, of I'm a saying like I'm very anti-feet, but like, again, I no, I know you said like, all that, but like, you also you also are making a little like taking man card type of discussion, and you're backpedaling. No, today. no, I didn't. Banks brought up the man card. Jake also yeah, for you not wanting to get a pedicure. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think I, my man card is taken because I don't want to get. Um, I'm saying maybe it should be. What would you guys okay. say is like was like the peak of the ma of man card being a societal phrase? Was that in, like in actual or in uh, satirical fashion? I guess it's probably a little bit of both. It is. Like, it feels like that was just a very popular thing to say for like a like a year or so. Like like maybe like the Joe Buck. The Joe Buck. Oh yeah. Well, that's when the satirical piece for sure, yeah. which is a callback to like commercial or something we have real men of genius you have remount yeah genius. i mean it blends with the and twins like that era of just mm. beer commercial and <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what would that not that fly bangs. right now <laughs> i just imagine you guys sitting getting your pedicures and that commercial comes on and you're like Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> and the people are like these frauds these clowns they've never had a, a, a a cold. They've never seen a blue mountain in their life. <laughs> Here's the football. Here's the it. football. God, what an era. What an era. Yeah, that yeah, um, pedicures is not in that commercial. I'll tell you that much. RDT, do you have one? Uh, I'm just going to go. Jay Billis really getting his, uh, really, really like sticking his foot in the ground. Like, good for you, Jay. Get your likes. Get your, uh, get your clicks. Get, get whatever you want. Your views. What an yeah. insane, insane um, declaration to make! But hey, you got a crazy take. Go out and go out and get it. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Jay for kind of. He's never been that like hot take kind of guy, and this kind of like came out of nowhere. Where yeah. like I thought it was like ball sack sports the first five times I saw it. I was like, no, guys are starting to get lost in the sauce here a little bit. Um, this is this is a very interesting debate, the court storm debate. It's very interesting because, like. This is the defining moment of so many like big regular season games is the court storm. And it, mm -hmm. I saw a little clip of um, your guys, Titus and Brandon Walker talking about it RDT. Like it is such a fun part of college basketball, the ability for the students to come on the floor and celebrate with their fellow students who have won the game. 
And yet there are obviously the clear logistical challenges of like <laughs> 500 to a thousand people streaming onto a court. I mean, uh, it was like a dead sprint on the baseline for the, for the wake forest kids. And there was obviously wake forest screwed some things up there for sure. But I just, and yes, moments would still be great if there weren't the court storms, but it is such a moment that like, if you're a school that is trying to make a name for itself, it's like, you you got your court storm and you're just like you take that next level up where you know the court gets stormed on you and yeah the Caitlin Clark thing happened and that was a very bizarre situation where it felt like the court was clear it was like one person running she like it was just them two like running into each other like they both like bumped so the flip the flipkowski thing is like the more likely scenario where the kid just doesn't get off the court and there's all these people and they don't hold the back quickly enough why he was kind of you know I'm not defending the kid getting hurt but like why he was moseying off the court as he was with, I just don't know why anyone would react that way to, to people streaming out of the court, but you don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um, but it's a fascinating one because it feels like something that you're going to have a lot of the, you know, college basketball kind of writers and people be like, Hey, this like has to go. Like, how could this not go? You're threatening the athletes. And I think if you asked any athlete in college basketball, at least most of them, they say, I would love to be, a, have the court stormed um, with me playing at home. Like it's an amazing moment. Um, you know, like Gravis getting carried and like, there's just like, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Cause I mean, like, arrested everybody on route one. Yeah. I mean, it is. And that's the thing, like at every sporting event, you're, there is just the social contract that's signed that the crowd is not going to overwhelm the security at any time, all the time that could literally happen. I mean, they can just rush the court at any time, but it obviously doesn't happen. I don't know. Top. What if they did? What what if the new thing was like a flash mob stored car? Like, <laughs> like the under eight of this first half, people just start running onto the floor. Seven minutes and 37 seconds into the second half. Everyone is just gonna storm the court. Yeah. What would they do? The it it is this is a weird one because like it's a Duke kid, and then it's like, oh my god, he sprained his ankle, and then now it just feels like he got a he like went knee to knee and bruised his knee, which is tough. Like he's their best player. You don't want to see the kid get hurt. Ankle, but, knee, no imaging, weird a little story. score. Wake's, you know. Wake's apology is also kind of empty, too. They're like, oh, you know, we'll work with whatever, whatever. It's like, you know, guys did not hold back the situation as well as you could have. Brandon And Brandon had a good point about it where he was like, Wake Forest, again, I think he was like, they may be the smallest D1 school like in, in like out there. And They're small. Like, it's a small school. He's like, this is massive for them and the students and the community. Like, this is a big event. Like, you know, we kind of lose it with Maryland and Duke not playing anymore. But again, he was like, this is still a big thing for the community down there. And like for them to do this and win. And, you know, again, like you said, people are never going to forget that. And now it's like tainted being like, what do we do? How do we get these damn kids off and have them all arrested and, and, and all that. So crazy, but good for Jay Billis. Get your likes, buddy. Get your, get your Duke lawyer on. And, and I think Jay, I think Jay also didn't think probably he was going to get that much backlash. I think he felt like probably felt like the tide was pushing in that direction. Like, okay, this is the thing that ends court storming. I'm going to like stake my claim here. I'm going to kind of have the elevated take. And it just flipped. It's kind of flipped the other way the last couple of days. Cause it's, yeah, Duke. Just, it's Duke. It's Duke. If, if this had happened to Caitlin Clark and someone had, broken her ankle this would be a firestorm and everyone would agree but mm -hmm. like it's just it's a duke player it's just yeah i don't know you have so many narratives involved but yeah i mean if it's again if this is nc state and their best player gets hurt no one is blinking no one is like probably not it's not talked about at all but again probably it is it, it was always going to be duke it had to be duke it can never be any other school that this happens to
And like Shire, like Shire's press conference was incredible. <laughs> uh, amazing tweet from our good pal Marty Suma. Oh, uh, so good. The Duke kid <laughs> and the picture of Wolkowski coming off the court. Very, very funny. Very good. Shout out, Marty. Um, nice shout job. out to Marty. Love Marty. Um, I think that's it for the Exit 32 podcast. Want to make sure we yeah. shout out. You got some banks? Oh, I was just going to throw either an honorable mention or I guess I could have made right. this my own. But um, no, hit it. just if we're. We're hitting people for just fiery, fiery takes. I think we, we got to talk maybe a minute about Taylor Gooch um, firing off at just an insane take that if Rory were to win the Masters, it would have an asterisk on it, really just because he's not in the field. Um, as this is, as our podcast has been recording here, it's just hilarious. By the time you listen to it, it's going to be old news for sure. But um, somebody went to Wikipedia and put an asterisk on all six of Taylor Gooch's professional wins because Roy McIlroy was not in the field. <laughs> um, um, that's very good. And it says at the bottom, Roy McIlroy, not in the field. He's He won the RSM Classic, which is renowned as one of the all-time joke stops on tour. Um, no offense to Sea Island down there in Georgia, but um, – he won a web.com tour event and he was won three times on live. So this is who we're talking about here. The Gooch man. Gooch man. It spells Taylor and just a between way. him. <laughs> I I don't even know that we really laughed at the idea that his one one of those events that he won there, he compared to I've never been in a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup event, but um, I can't imagine it'd be all that much different from this. Just like, this, this, this I don't know that he got this guy's enough for, for that. Yeah. This guy's having a tough run. He's having a tough run. Uh, McElroy also will, the next time he gets in front of a microphone, will definitely just eviscerate him in a very measured way. So that will be cool. Because Rory, Rory hasn't won that Masters, though. Like, he has not, but he will. It's, it's a sore subject for him. Rory Rory is very good at the cutting remark at this point. He has become yeah. very good at it. And he will, I'm sure, have no issues just taking Taylor Gooch down a couple pegs. Freaking Taylor Gooch. Cannot believe that's how he spells Taylor. That comment may have come out at the same time he was out on the course during the, the match last night, where if somebody had gotten that to him, we could have gotten a live reaction to it from him. Yeah. Yeah. Watch a little bit of the match. It's fine. Yeah. Match is fine. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. That's cool. Um, the tailgoat opening day, Jimmy Seafood. Go buy your tickets. Tickets still available. Um, RDT, run down the guest list. All right. So far, it's Paulie D, Nick Markakis, Jake Luke, Taylor Smythe, Brian Black, Spenny Schultz, me, uh, Brady Anderson. It's it's like a who's who. It's it's incredible. But yeah, they, they did add uh, Brady last week. Again, we talked with Mike, Jake, and I. Um, talked with Mike last week um, about the event. There is some tickets still available. The menu is incredible. I think I at one point I floated out the idea of eating 21 crab cake egg rolls for Nick Marcagas. Um, don't think that's going to happen. That would be an awful idea. Um, but, yeah, the, the the beer list is great. The um, the food list is going to be awesome. The, the guests just keep getting added. So I can't wait. March 28th is going to be so much fun. And it's a month from Wednesday of this week. So. It is, uh, it is, it's creeping up on. It. I keep wanting to be like, oh yeah, it's in like two months, and it's like, 
no, it's it's literally like five weeks, four weeks away. So it's yeah, uh, yeah, coming up very yeah. quick. So tailgoat.com uh, for tickets. Again, you can get you can get the bus pass from Jimmy's to the tailgoat. You can get the game game ticket if you want. You can get just the tailgoat ticket. So we'll be there. Uh, I, I think we're going to interview um, Nick and Brady, which I've got. I know Brian has, but I've got a laundry list of questions for Brady. This is a guy who... I could sit with him for hours and, and just chat. So it's it's going to be a good time. I highly recommend coming and uh, coming to see the boys at the tailgoat. Yeah, that will be um, that will be a special special uh, event. I think. I think the buzz is going to be enormous on opening day, and so why not go to the tailgoat? Uh, never disappoints. If you haven't if you have been to one, you know exactly what the deal is. If you haven't. Um, and you're more of an Orioles person than a Ravens person, make this your first. It should be an excellent, excellent event, and we're very honored to be able to be out there and, and help promote it and, and, and get the pod going. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully people come out and say hello to the fellas. Um, guys, always great to chat. Like we said, Jumbo set just recorded as well, so a couple pods hitting your ears over the next few days. Make sure to follow us on social media, at Pacific 2 Podcast, on all your social media platforms. You can follow Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow... Thanks at Barstool Banks, me at Taylor Smythe 10, Jake at Jake Luke, L-O-U-Q-U-E, and Spencer Ravens for Dummies, the number four between Ravens and Dummies. Make sure to go uh, like, subscribe, review the pod, five stars on all those platforms, helps out the pod immensely. Um, go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Um, some fantastic content coming throughout Orioles season. Cannot wait to have um, the five-man crew up and running, hitting Orioles um week in and week out as we roll through the year series recaps instant analysis on the bigger ones as we roll towards the playoffs all those types of things so very excited for that um and then you know we'll roll into the summer it'll be people will be talking ravens before you know it draft also coming up very very soon which i'm sure we'll have some plans for coming up here in the next month or so um so for banks farty t i'm taylor enjoyed the podcast we'll see you next time on the exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.